Hey there, friend. Thanks for listening to the Compared to Who Show. It's Heather Creekmore here, and I'm glad you're here today. We're starting a brand new series this month called Letting Go. What do you need to let go of? What's weighing you down? Today, we're going to jump in by talking about letting go of people-pleasing. And my guest today is Karen Eman. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's a Proverbs 31 ministry speaker. Y'all, this woman has a lot of wisdom to share with us. Her book that caught my attention on this topic is called When Making Others Happy is making you miserable. Maybe you can relate already. But today, Karen and I have an awesome conversation about how to let go of people pleasing and what does God really want from us in terms of serving others and yet serving him first. So that's where we go today. I'm glad you're here. Hey, if you need extra support in your journey with body image issues and comparison, remember I'm here for you. I'm going to start taking new individual coaching clients mid-October. So if you've been waiting for an opportunity to jump into coaching, I'll be doing one-on-one coaching starting mid-month. So reach out. You can grab a 10-minute call to just kind of see if you'd like working with me and maybe to just give me a little bit of your story to see if working together would be a good idea. But don't wait. There's no time like the present to pursue freedom from these body issues that bog us down. And hey, if something in today's episode talks to you, tell a friend about it. Share this episode with a friend and start healthy conversations around these topics we rarely discuss. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Karen Eman, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. So you've written a lot about this topic we're talking about today. We're talking about letting go of people pleasing. And then you've talked about approval and you've written, I don't, I lost count. How many books have you written, Karen? 18. 18. You've written a lot of books on this topic, around this topic. And I'm wondering today if we can just go there and talk about the reality that a lot of us are people pleasers and why and how maybe we start to break that habit, if habit's the right word for it, <laughs> start to start to shift into uh, to something more healthy. So let's just start off. Will you just tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe connect why you'd even want to broach the subject of people pleasing? Sure. Well, I have been a people pleaser my entire life. I started off just really wanting to please my mom because she was Going through a rough time in life, my dad was an alcoholic and had multiple affairs and um, was abusive. 
and left our family. And I just did not want to make my mom any more sad than she already was. I didn't want to add to her sadness. So I learned don't make mom sad. But then I also learned don't make dad mad because if he were to be drinking and you made him mad, you might get hit. And so I just kind of learned to keep everybody happy. And I grew up very fast. (laughs) I learned that that was my role. or I thought it was my role in my family to just make sure that Everything stayed on an even keel. Nobody was upset. Nobody was mad. Nobody was sad. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I wanted to please my teachers. I wanted to please my classmates. And I finally realized about five years ago that I was just trapped in a prison of people pleasing. And I did not know how to get out. I had no idea who held the key (laughs) because my whole life, I just felt like you just did whatever you had to do to make sure there wasn't any tension. There wasn't anybody who was unhappy or angry at all. And um, it can be a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Well, and then on the other side of it, right, the, the feeling that you won't make people happy or that people will be mad at you, that feels dangerous too, right? Yeah. That feels yeah. scary. <laughs> I've, mm-hmm. I've been there too. So, so for someone listening today, they might think, okay, I hear what you're saying. I know I need to probably stop being a people pleaser. I'm sure there's someone who maybe can relate to a lot of the parts of your story even, but for that person that's saying, okay, well, where, where do I start? What's your, what's your advice for them? Well, for me, it really took realizing that it was a prison and I was trapped inside and I was starting to have not just, you know, emotional and um, mental and spiritual ramifications of it, but I was starting to physically, like my left eye was twitching and I couldn't Mm. get it to stop. I wasn't um, able to stay asleep at night. I could fall asleep at the beginning of the night, but then I would wake up and I would think of all the things I'd said yes to and all the many commitments I had. And it would just make me anxious. And it took really feeling like I'd hit a wall Mm. and I knew something needed to change because I couldn't go on like that. So I actually felt the Lord calling me to what I called a season of necessary and no. And by that, I mean, it was a summer. And by that, I mean that I was to do only what was necessary for my family, my job, my ministry, my home, and say no to everything else. And I did it for three months and it kind of was like quitting cold Turkey. You know, it was, it was, it was hard. There were some people that didn't understand and were not very happy with me because all of a sudden now I wasn't helping them with their project or I wasn't, you know, alleviating their stress by saying yes and and diving in and doing whatever tasks they'd asked me to do. Some of them I thought were my friends kind of just went on their merry way because I no longer was helping meet a need of theirs. And then others were disappointed, but they understood. And then some of them just, you know, really stepped up and were Jesus hands and feet to me and said, you know, I've been worried about you. You don't seem to have a lot of margin in your life. You kind of seem like you're, you know, you're out of capacity and I'm worried about your mental health and I'm worried about your physical health. And as much as I wanted you to be helping me with whatever it was that you said yes to that you're now bowing out of, I I believe in you and I care about your mental health. And so I'm going to support you in this because for those three months, not only did I say no to any new things, I dropped out of everything. Like I dropped yeah. out everything in the community, everything in church, and just for three months did nothing yeah. but my, my things I needed to do for work and family. And that might kind of sound a little harsh, but when I added it up, I realized that I had been a Christian since I was in high school and it was right out of the, the, the shoots. I was the type of Christian that just like overserved because 
people pleasing is kind of a strength carried to an extreme. Extreme. Mm-hmm. It's good to want to love and serve people, sure. but I had been for over a quarter of a century serving and saying yes to everything. So yeah. even though it seemed a little strange for three months to do nothing, like not even make cookies for the toddler class at church, yeah. I'd been doing it for a quarter of a century. So I kind of needed a break. That's exactly what I was just going to mention, because the reason why I invited you on the show was I heard you on another show talking about making cookies for the toddler class at work. And first of all, let me just say, I was impressed. I was like, how does she do that with everything else? But then when you, when you mentioned giving that up and, uh, and you know, I know that had to have been hard and I know that, well, I don't know, but I'm going to guess you can fill in the the blanks here, but I'm going to guess that at least in the beginning, there was a lot of like second guessing or mind swirling over, was that the right thing to give up? Should I have done that? Are they mad at me? Like, how did you cope with, with that swirl of emotion and thoughts? There was a lot of that, especially because some of the things I gave up and said no to for three months were very small, like making cookies. It doesn't take that much time. And so I thought, oh, maybe I could still do that. But I very clearly felt like God said, no, you are going to clear everything off of your plate everything for the next three months. And then guess what? You're going to put back only what I'm calling you to put back on that plate at the end of this, these three months. So I needed to just be kind of severe and harsh with it and just say no to everything. Even if it was like watching someone's kids for a couple hours, I used to do that all the time. And I said, Nope, this summer, I'm not doing that. I'm going to actually read a book. Yeah. for my own pleasure. You know, yeah. I'm going to actually just slow down and, yeah. and not just be saying yes all the time. But it did feel very foreign because I was so used to saying yes all the time. And I was so used to building my friendships around, you know, how I could help people, what I could do mm-hmm. for them. And it felt very, very odd to have friends just like me, just for me, not because mm-hmm. I could do something for them. Yeah. Hey there, friend. Did you know that I do coaching? If you've ever listened to the show and thought, hey, I'd just love to have a conversation with Heather. I think that would be really helpful. Maybe she could help me sort out why I'm stuck. Guess what? I do that. And I would love to do that for you. So no matter if your struggle seems eh, light, not that big of a deal, or if you've been struggling for a really long time and you're just overwhelmed, let's talk. You can grab a free 10 minute, just like learn about coaching session on my website. Or if you're ready, you feel like you know me well enough from the show, just dig in, schedule, grab a time and let's have a conversation. You can go to compare to who.me, find the coaching tab and you'll find all the ways to connect there. Yeah, it becomes a way of relating to people, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. It does. Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking about um, just the reality that there are things that are good that we can do, right? But like you said, we might not be called to do them and letting God, letting the Holy Spirit take the lead on that. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. So how, what was your process like with that? I mean, afterwards where you're just like, okay, God, can I do this? (laughs) Can I do this? You feel like you got clear yeses and nos or how did that work? Well, it was actually a lot uh, more basic than that. I thought I was going to have to have some kind of complicated process. How do I figure out what's God's will for me and what's not? And instead, it was just really simple. At the end of the three months, I just thought, what did I really miss doing? Mm. What of those things did I really miss? And I feel like not only 
were they in my wheelhouse, but that I enjoyed them and I enjoyed seeing the fruit of whatever it was that was happening. And so there were some things I didn't miss at all. Yeah. I, and I realized that those things I was totally doing out of obligation Mm -hmm. or totally doing because I thought if I didn't do them, that person wouldn't like me anymore and wouldn't be my friend anymore. But then there were other things that I thought, man, I really miss that. I miss those Mm -hmm. people. I miss the process. I miss, you know, whatever the activity was, the task, the responsibility that I was doing, I really missed it. Those were the things that I was very eager to put back on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also, and I, I think I heard you talk about this before the opportunity that you're like, as you let go of things that you've been doing for a long time, giving someone else the opportunity to, to do something, yes, <laughs> right? Yes. Maybe there's someone else at your church that was perfectly designed to make cookies for the toddler class. I don't know. Do you have any illustrations of that? Any, anything you've seen well, that? Just a little, I, I have these little one sentence sermons. I preach to myself. Okay. One of them, them kind of goes along with what you're talking about right now. It's something a mentor of mine told me like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, maybe even when I was running around, even back then with little kids in the house and trying to make everybody happy and be involved in everything. And she said that you need to remind yourself that every need is not necessarily your call. Mm. Somebody's call to do it, but it's not necessarily your call. And I just never thought that way. I thought if I heard of a need, oh, well, I heard of it. God, let me hear of it. Must be it's, you know, for me to meet. But if you are going around meeting needs that aren't your called, you're asking yourself, you know, am I capable of doing this? Not am I called to do this? Mm. And you're saying yes to those calls that aren't yours, then you're actually taking the blessing away from the person God meant to do the job in the first place because you are guilty of over-serving and stepping in and just saying yes all the time. But we need to realize that, you know, we wouldn't want to think of it this way, but if we suddenly passed away today, they'd find somebody else to do it. So they can find somebody else to do it, even though I'm still here. It's just not my, it's just not my call. Right. Yeah. Love that. Totally agree. And it's hard for us type A overachievers do it all. And I, you know, and I think churches just like businesses, right? Like the person that is busy is the person you ask to do things. Yep. <laughs> they somehow tend to make room and do it all. But um, but I love that reminder to let someone else serve. I love mm-hmm. it. So you you alluded to this earlier. Why why doesn't God want us to be people pleasers? Well, there are sometimes it's okay to please people. If what you are doing pleases them and it also pleases God, yeah. that's okay. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I think it all comes down to who's calling the shots. You know, we sometimes put people in the place of God yeah. and we, we mix up the two different types of fear that there are in the old Testament. It talks about the fear of man and the fear of God. Yeah. And sometimes we place the fear of man above the fear of God. And then in essence, what we are doing is we are kind of kicking him off the throne of our life and we're putting people there and we're letting them call the shots. We're letting them be the ones that we think about when we make decisions rather than asking ourselves, you know, what does God really want me to do in this situation? Instead, we think, oh, what does that person want me to say? Mm-hmm. They want me to say yes. <laughs> or how do they want me to behave? What do they want me to do? And it really gets messed up. And I, I realized that there were a few people, even in a not in a bad way, not that they were being a pushy, controlling person that was making me do things, but even people in my life who I thought were really, really deeply spiritual, Mm. I was sometimes going to them and saying, oh, what should I do? 
because I thought like they had this hotline to God that maybe I didn't have. And I was even letting good people take the place of God in my life. Yeah. But it's it's okay if in saying yes to something God asks us to do, it does please someone else. That's that's fine. It's when we take God out of the picture and we make our decisions and we go forth with certain actions or say yes to certain responsibilities just because of what someone else is going to think. Yeah. And, and we want their approval or we want their attention. And it's it's putting other people in the place of God. Yeah. Yep. I think we've all done it <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a bit of a boundaries aspect to this as well. How, how have you tried to develop healthier boundaries or, or oh, pursued yeah. healthier boundaries? Yeah. My boundaries are pretty much non-existent. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Because, you know, and I don't know how much of your audience is big on the Enneagram. I'm not big on it. I, I don't, like to use personality tests and think they're gospel truth, but they yeah. can be help. They can be helpful. Sure. I'm right and, there with you. Yep. And I am a three, which is an okay. achiever. Okay. Wing two. two. I was going to guess wing two. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so that's a super dangerous setup because people know, oh, she gets things done. She's yeah. an achiever. She's a go-getter. She gets things done and she likes to help people. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, you know, they're coming to you with their crisis because they know that you like to help and you're going to get it done. And so they don't have to. And yeah. so it, it can just be, um, one of those things that just kind of spirals. Um, and, and because of our personality makeup, it's really easy to follow. I think it's scary to think about saying no, but I found when I actually get the courage up to say it, it's not as bad most of the time as I expect it will be. But, you know, like you alluded to earlier, there are times when people surprise you <laughs> with yeah. their response to your yeah. no, but like, what's that been like for you? I mean, well, that- yeah, that's, that's a good, good point to talk about saying no can be scary. But one thing that I've really learned is I just need to be honest and say out loud the things that are racing through my brain mm, rather than yeah. just get all awkward and um, do what I tend to do is um, over explain mm-hmm. and give a lot of excuses. And then all of a sudden it's like my mouth is falling down the stairs and I've got all these re- excuses that I, and reasons I can't say, say yes. Well, that just gives them targets to shoot at and they're going to shoot yeah. down all my excuses. And then they're going to say, Oh, well, if this, this, and this were different, then you could say yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of that, I've learned to just say out loud what I'm thinking in my head, things like, you know what, Heather, I know you have a need. That, and I know you want me to say yes to this. And I'm having a really hard time here because I love you. I love our friendship. I don't want to jeopardize our friendship. I don't want there to be any awkwardness and stuff, but I have to be honest and let you know, I just don't have the bandwidth right now yeah. in my life to say yes to that. And actually you wouldn't want me to say yes, because if I say yes, I'm not going to be able to give it the focus and the attention that it deserves. But I'm hesitating to even say anything here because I don't want it to affect our friendship but I've got to be honest and say, no, like, why can't we just say that out loud? Why do we have to give all these, well, it's not a good time. And you know, all these different excuses, just be really honest or or say things like, you know, I know you want me to say yes to this. And, and yet I treasure our friendship enough to be honest with you. And if, if the tables were turned, I would want you to be honest with me. I wouldn't want you to say yes to something you really don't feel called to do. And then kind of maybe resent it while you're, you're carrying forth the task. So I'm going to give you the gift of honesty, even though I know it means you got to keep looking for somebody, but here's what I can do. I'll help you brainstorm. 
maybe mm-hmm. some other people that might be good for mm-hmm. that task. And I definitely will put it down and I will pray about it yeah. until you found the person. Like you can yeah. still help them with their request without saying yes to the whole thing. I love that. I think that's a solid advice. That's, that's awesome. Someone's, someone's definitely going to be able to apply that for sure. Now, what about with our family? <laughs> you know, it's one thing to tell a friend you're going to help them find someone to help them out with something. Family members, any, any extra strategies there? Oh, that can be hard. Now I have a, uh, an easy time saying no with certain family members, but then mm-hmm. there are other ones like in my extended family that I had a hard time saying no to. And a lot of times I wouldn't, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. And I would sign up to do something or make something, you know, or host something. Mm-hmm. And my heart wasn't in it and it never ended well. And after a few disasters, I had to realize, you know, even though it's going to be awkward and I'm going to upset them, I have to be honest upfront because it's going to save me a lot of, of heartache and, you know, bad feelings and resentment. And, you know, how it is when you say yes to something, you, your heart's really not in it. And then you're mm-hmm. just, you know, begrudgingly doing it. And yeah, grossing resenting. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. So even though it might be awkward up front, we have to learn to, to just be honest and, and say no to those people, even in our families that we think we're going to disappoint, but it's, yeah. that's not easy. That's a really hard one. Mm-hmm. It really is. For sure. For sure. What about biblical examples of people pleasing? Any favorites there? Oh, yeah, I have. Um, I did, wrote the book, but then I also wrote a Bible study on it. That okay. Talked about some different characters. I'm just trying to think about the top of my head. Um, I, I talk in it about um, Herod. Mm. And um, I talk also about um, Pilate, mm. you know, wanting to please the crowds. He yeah. did what he didn't want to do in his heart. He didn't want to hand Jesus over. And he kept yeah. looking for ways, but it keeps saying, yeah. you know, wanting to please the crowd. Um, you know, I talk about uh, Sarah and Abraham and how, you know, sometimes lying is involved in people mm-hmm. pleasing. And mm-hmm. so maybe we don't outright lie, but we tell a half truth. Yeah. Like it's sort of true. Like he said that Sarah was, oh, say you're my sister. Well, it's sort of true because <laughs> they were related. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as I've told my kids a million times, a half truth is still a whole lie. Yeah. But often lying is tied up in people pleasing. And we see a lot of examples of that in, in scripture as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so good. Well, you've written, like you said, 18 books. Tell my audience what's, uh, yeah, you've written about the one that I'm just picturing and its name is not in front of me right now. The one with the lips. I liked oh, that yeah, one because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about talking too much or loose lips yes, or yes, what? Yes, yes. Talk, talk to me about that one. I know someone in my audience needs to know about that. Yes. Book. Yes. Um, that was the one book I really didn't want to write. Really? But I know, but it's actually the book that's done the best. Wow. Um, it's reached the most people. It's called keep it shut. Yes. what to say, how to say it, and when to say nothing at all. And it's all on what the Bible says about how we are and are not to use our words. And so it covers topics like gossip and anger and um, lying. And um, there are just so many examples I have for my life because my mouth has gotten me in trouble for decades. You know, it's, it's it. me too. Yeah, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's too. what, you know, got me in trouble when I was in elementary school. My mom would go to the parent teacher conferences and they would say all goods and very goods, except for, you know, talking too much in class <laughs> and listening when the teacher's supposed to be talking, I would get like a needs improvement in that. But mm-hmm. in my defense, I thought what I would, had to say was a lot more interesting than what the teacher was flapping about up there. It may but, have been. Um, 
but people commented all the time on, man, can that girl talk? And I remember my husband saying it's what first attracted him to me when we were in college. Um, I married my college sweetheart. He said, I just love the way that you could talk. You could work a room and make all the the shy ones feel included. And I just loved mm. how you could talk because he's a little more reserved. But then he said that about three days into our honeymoon, he thought, when is she ever going to stop? <laughs> in fact, he always teases me that if, if I pass away before he does, he's already decided what he's going to put on my tombstone. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. A period. <laughs> he's finally done sense. talking. Because he said you have no periods in your language. Like there's a comma, there's a semicolon, but there's always more coming. You're never done. But it'll there'll be a period. It is finished. She's finally done. Aww. She's finally done. That's funny. That's awesome. Oh, fun. Well, tell tell everyone about some of your other books. Just just quickly. What a couple other titles, maybe. Sure. Sure. Um, my most recent one I wrote with my co-author and dear friend Ruth Schwank, and it's a devotional called Trusting God in All the Things. We wrote it. During a time when I was having a lot of people pass away in my life, I've had 10 people in my extended family wow. pass away in the last three and a half years. Wow. Plus the pandemic was in there. Um, yeah. Plus all three of my adult children um, now have moved far away from me, including the mm-hmm. one who just made me a grandma. Oh. And Ruth was going through her husband being diagnosed with cancer. It's um, come back twice. And wow. so as we were encouraging each other with scriptures and um, praying for each other, we thought, you know, maybe some of this stuff that we're telling each other when, you know, one of us would always call the other one with, you know, ah, I'm just, you know, about ready to lose it here. I need some encouragement. You know, I'm just discouraged. I feel like giving up. And the other one would say, hey, I got to tell you what I read today in the, in the word. And we would encourage each other that way. We thought, well, maybe we could put this down and encourage other people. So yeah. that's a 90 day devotional. And that just came out okay. recently. And um, another one that is just a, kind of a little fun book, and it's kind of the flip side of people pleasing because I, I write about people pleasing, but I also write a lot about listening and loving mm-hmm. others and doing things for them. And um, one little fun gift book I wrote is called Make Their Day, and it's okay. 101 ideas, um, simple and powerful ideas to love others well. And so it just gives all kinds of just really simple things you can do for family members, coworkers, neighbors to just kind of brighten their day, just creative ideas. Cause I, you know, I do love to talk about listening and loving people and, and speaking well of them and interacting with them well, but sometimes we cross the line and then now we're getting into not, we don't want to just love and serve others because God wants us to, we're doing it because we want to please people. So that's kind of the two sides of the coin I write about. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being on this show today. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, your website and all the things? Sure. The easiest place would be to go to my website, KarenEman.com and Eman is spelled E-H and then man, M-A-N. And there they can um, download some free stuff. I have a lot of free resources for people. They can learn about my writing and speaking and then all my social media platforms are there as well. If they want to hang out someplace, I, my favorite is Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. <laughs> awesome. Me too. Sometimes when I'm not angry with it, <laughs> we have a love hate relationship. See, now I get angry with Twitter, so I don't go on Twitter much, but I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> awesome. And I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes. so Everyone right. can connect with you and find your books. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for being on the show today and talking to us about this sensitive issue. <laughs> People pleasing. I appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye.
Oh, hey there. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. You can now find the Compared to Who show in the Edify podcast app. Edify is your one-stop shop for great Christian podcasts. Grab it in your app store today. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science inspired by God's word to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.